Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business show from the journalists at Business in Vancouver. I'm Haley Wooden. 2020 was a tumultuous year economically, to say the least. And while COVID-19 vaccines are giving many of us hope, there are still challenges ahead. My guest today is Jock Finlayson. He is the Executive Vice President and Chief Policy Officer at the Business Council of British Columbia. Jock, welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Happy New Year to, to everybody. Happy New Year to you as well. I want to get your sense of where we ended the year. We went through 2020, not unscathed. How did we finish the year, economically speaking? I think it's really a mixed picture depending on where you're working, where you're investing, um, the sort of circumstances of your, your household or, or your business. Just to kind of back up for a sec, you described 2020 as tumultuous. That's a, that's a, that's a great adjective. <laughs> Um, it's important to note that the real savage decline in employment and economic activity occurred in that kind of March to June period. So it's really mostly in the kind of late first quarter and through most of the second quarter of 2020. That's when the wheels fell off and, and we were really in a, in a world of, you know, tremendous uncertainty at that time. Since then, the, the, the economy, certainly in BC, has come back. It's Activity has snapped back. Employment has come back quite strongly, um, and and we're we're in a much better place at the end of 2020 than we were kind of halfway through. Uh, so that's I guess that's the first point I'd make. The second point though is because this has been such a strange economic downturn and recovery, and because it's we're we're still caught up in the global pandemic. It's not over. In fact, we're right in the middle of it. I would say. Um, the outlook is unusually cloudy, and 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 there's you know more uncertainty I think than we would normally expect. But we ended the year in a better place than we were halfway through, um, and as you pointed out, with the vaccines being developed, as we kind of look through 2021, I think there is some reason to be optimistic that especially in the second half of 2021, we'll begin to get closer to kind of a normal economic environment. We're certainly not there yet. You mentioned we're, of course, still in the middle of this pandemic. Why do you think the second wave hasn't been as economically severe as, say, the first wave when it hit us back in March, April? Yeah, well, that's that's a great question. I mean, um, I, the, the main reason is, you know, people were panicking. Policymakers, decision makers didn't know what we were dealing with uh, at the time of the first wave. It, it, I recall vividly giving a speech to a room full of 300 federal public servants on uh, February 26, 2020, and COVID was already here at that point, but we didn't know it. But we were everybody was reading about cruise ships in China, um, watching some of the early uh, evidence out of Italy, and there was a real sense of anxiety. But there I was in a room full of 300 people giving a speech, and of course, a, a month later, it would have been unimaginable that I'd go into a room of 10 people, never mind 300. So that's how quickly this thing kind of came in, hijacked the agenda, um, and people sort of panicked. Now, we're, I wouldn't say it's a chronic condition, um, but we're learning to kind of live with it. Um, and governments, I think, have realized that unless the infection rates absolutely skyrocket, you don't want to shut down the entire economy, because that obviously is truly devastating for workers, for households, and for taxpayers in the long run. So I think we're doing a decent job, certainly in BC. I think the government has handled it quite well in trying to keep the activity underway uh, wherever possible. 
while still providing you know public health precautions. So it's it's a balancing act. Obviously, if you wanted to eradicate COVID-19 and that was the only thing on your agenda, you would shut literally everything down um, and 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 essentially lock people into their houses. We haven't gone that route, um, and I think I think it's been the right decision so far. What would you say at this point in time are the biggest weaknesses in our economy and the biggest strengths, if there are any? Yeah. Well, because this downturn affected the economy in a very different way than we traditionally have seen with with business cycles and recessions, the impact has been the negative impact has really been heavily concentrated in what I would call consumer facing industries. Um, So obviously, uh, accommodation, food services, leisure, entertainment, everything related to travel and tourism. These are the areas of the economy that are still underwater to a significant extent. A lot of the other sectors have rebounded. Um, In a normal recession, it's actually construction and manufacturing that typically take the biggest hit. Service industries tend to be much more resilient um, and often don't, uh, don't experience a recession during an economic down cycle. This time around is completely different. Manufacturing has come back, construction has held its own, um, and the downturn in employment and business activity has been heavily concentrated in services. And that was true uh, six months ago, it's still true uh, at the end of the year. I wanna ask you about all of these government support programs, benefits, subsidies that we've seen, and what happens when governments decide to phase those out. What should we expect when that time comes? Well, you're, it's it's a great question. We've seen a truly unprecedented policy response, especially by the federal government. It's important to note in BC, although the provincial government uh, implemented its own COVID action plan and, and has taken a number of steps to try and support uh, businesses and, and workers and households, the lion's share of the fiscal support provided in British Columbia has been off the federal government's balance sheet, not, not the province. Um, and just to give you one example of that, the CERB, the, uh, the Emergency Response Benefit Program that was announced in the spring that paid uh, workers $2,000 a month, um, almost with no documentation required, this program alone pumped over $10 billion into British Columbia wow. over the spring and summer until it wound up at the end of September. We had 1.1 million, 1.2 million British Columbians at one point or another during that period, we're actually collecting CERB, which is a staggering number. There's only 2.3 million British Columbians in the labor force here. So we had half the labor force, if you will, collecting CERB, even though employment didn't decline by anywhere near 50% uh, during the worst of the COVID kind of phase one. So CERB um, uh, coupled with the emergency uh, commercial rent support, the wage subsidy program, The Trudeau government uh, pumped money uh, into support for senior citizens. There was a $300 uh, grant given to every senior citizen. I don't think that was terribly necessary. Uh, Support for post-secondary students, that was was necessary. But he added all up, we're talking multiple tens of billions of dollars just flowing into British Columbia, I would say, during, during kind of 2020, mostly off the federal government's balance sheet. It was the right thing to do. It wasn't, it was messy. It wasn't, uh, uh, you know, targeted perhaps in an optimal way, but we were dealing with a very uncertain environment and we have to give our policymakers some slack, I think, in that context. But it can't continue. Um, We will see, I think, a gradual relaxation of these programs. 
They're not going to end all at once. Uh, the Trudeau government seems inclined to extend them, taking account of the second wave of COVID-19 that has got the country firmly in its grip as winter, as we kind of move through the winter. But as we get to the spring and into the summer, I think you'll see these programs largely wound down. And hopefully the private sector economy can kick back into gear sufficiently to keep people employed and get back to something that looks like normal. But, you know, there is a big question mark over that, I think, in the minds of many people. It's probably the biggest uncertainty we've got in forecasting for 2021. Mm. What are some of the other things you'll be watching in 2021 or you might expect to see, say, in the first half of the year? Yeah, a great question. Again, a couple of things. The Canada-U.S. border, um, I mean, we're, we're getting used to the fact it's closed, but it truly is extraordinary uh, that for the last almost 10 months, uh, it's been essentially impossible to cross the land border. And very, very few people have been crossing using other modes of transport. Um, how long does it stay closed? That has a big bearing on any recovery scenario for the travel and tourism uh, economy. Uh, I'm pessimistic on that, I have to confess. I think it's going to be well into 2021, hopefully by the summer, but I'm not convinced it's the case. Um, it, it really depends on, on the case profile of, of COVID-19. Right now, cases are, are skyrocketing in the United States and they're rising steeply in much of Canada also. So that is not an environment in which we're going to see the border open anytime soon. Uh, a second thing is interest rates. Um, although central banks have made it very clear, including the Bank of Canada, that they're going to keep their policy rates pinned to zero effectively all through 2021 and likely 2022 as well. Market interest rates are a different matter. Those are set in, in, in the marketplace by buyers and sellers of securities, um, by savers, by borrowers, by lenders. Um, and we are seeing, uh, we, we've already seen uh, some increases in market interest rates over the past few months. And if there is an expectation of a strong recovery, which is something we should talk about, uh, you could see market interest rates move up further, even though policy rates will be at record low levels. Um, and so that's something that could really um, inject some interesting kind of impacts into the into the financial environment and the broader economy, maybe by the second half of, uh, of 2021. On the topic of a strong recovery, which I think many people would love to see, what components need to be in place, either from a policy perspective or even from, say, a confidence perspective among business leaders? Well, the most important thing for a strong recovery to materialize, and we've, we already had a strong recovery, by the way, in the second half of 2020. So we're, we're, we're not at the bottom of, of, of the downturn. We've actually regained, for example, uh, the vast majority of the jobs that were lost in the spring and early summer have now rega been regained in British Columbia, over 90% of, of, of all those positions. So a lot of the recovery has actually already happened. Um, uh, to get the rest of it in place and get back to a positive growth trend, the most important thing is to get the virus under control. It, it, it's an issue for for health authorities and epidemiologists, not, not, not economic forecasters. I mean, unless we get the virus under control um, and much more of the population vaccinated quickly, the economic scenario is not very good. Um, and I think for the first quarter of 2021, we could actually see negative numbers uh, in terms of, 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 of real GDP growth in both the US and Canada, because so much of North America 
uh, is gripped uh, in, a, in a very serious second wave, which is worse in many respects than the first wave. So we've got to get past that before I think one can talk about uh, a strong recovery. Assuming um, that the virus gets under control due to warmer weather coupled with a growing population, a growing share of the population being vaccinated, I think by the second quarter uh, and certainly by the third quarter, we'd be looking um, at a rebound, a further rebound in activity. And it's those consumer facing industries that have borne the brunt of the downturn that will need to recover if the overall economy is going to enjoy a strong rebound. So again, the travel, tourism, uh, economy, accommodation, food services, uh, leisure, recreation, arts and entertainment, these are the sectors that are really badly underwater today. And to get the overall economy growing again in a sustained way, they need to come back online in a way they have not so far. I don't want to jinx anything five days into the new year, but it sounds like there may be some reasons to be cautiously optimistic that it's going to be a better year. Yeah, I think so. 2020 was one for the record books on every level. Although, you know, again, I, I would note that we, we recovered most of the lost jobs. The stock market came back to record highs. I mean, it wasn't all bad, but certainly it was unprecedented what we went through. 2021, I think uh, uh, the, the ingredients are in place for uh, a, a partial normalization would be the term I would use. So we'll see um, a, a relaxation of social distancing uh, restrictions. We'll see more businesses open. You know, BC, we're quite fortunate here. Ontario and Quebec, um, uh, the UK this morning are in full lockdown mode, more or less. So, the, I mean, the vast majority of organizations are closed or operating remotely. That isn't the case in BC. We never shut down our manufacturing, our construction, and our natural resource industries, even in the worst uh, of, of, of phase one. Um, and today you can still go to retail outlets, you can still go to dine-in restaurants in BC. We're a bit unusual. Uh, there's a lot of places in North America that isn't the case. So in a way we didn't shut as much down. So we're perhaps not gonna get quite as strong a rebound here as some other jurisdictions because we were starting from kind of a better place um, and there isn't as much activity to make up. But nonetheless, uh, uh, 2021, I think we will see growth in the economy probably in the 4 to 5% range after inflation on an average annual basis. And that more or less matches the decline uh, that we saw in real GDP in 2020 on an average annual basis, just because of the collapse uh, in activity that we experienced in the second quarter. We're, we're gradually you know, getting back on top of that. But even by the end of next of 2021, we will not be back to the level of output or, or real GDP that we experienced um, at the end of two, 2019. So it's going to take another 18 months, probably, or longer for, to fully recover. Um, and that assumes these vaccines are, are effective and that they're widely distributed. They do seem to be effective, um, but the distribution uh, across Canada has been disappointingly slow, at least in these early weeks. Fair enough, Jock. As always, a pleasure having you on the show. We'll have to touch base with you and BCBC a little later into the year to find out what's happening. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks for the opportunity. That's Jock Finlayson, Executive Vice President and Chief Policy Officer at the Business Council of British Columbia. He has an Outlook column out today at BIV.com, which you can check out. It covers much of the ground we've discussed in this conversation. I'm Haley Wooden. This has been BIV Today. Thanks for listening and watching. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow.